there are lots of people who think that their problem is money problem and they wished they could have some money the situation would have been something different for them no? they feel their problem is the problem of money they feel if they have more money they will do more things or that the situation they found themselves will not be as it is well there is no lie in that but the truth of the matter which you must be confronted with is the fact that nobody has money problem no one as a matter of fact there is no money problem all the problems we have all the problems we faced are relationship problem consequently you are as rich as the relationship you have in your life there is no money problem but relationship problem that is to say the reason why you are broke at a particular time and you know there is no way to have your needs met is just because you've not got the the the, the right people around you so relationships are very vital i've been saying that over and over and that thing i said is that god knows that you need relationship he said it's not good that man should be alone so it wasn't your idea to live as a tour it was his idea so he knows that you can't survive alone and in his infinite mercy his promise is that he's going to make for you the help you need and then interestingly it's not just the help you need the exact help you need so everyone needs some help and you know the interesting thing is that god is not saying i'm going to give you help anyways just to stop you from clamoring or being desirous of what you think you need he said look i will give you help then i will give you the exact thing you need so god is not just an helper one is an immediate helper two is an helper that gives you what is appropriate what is useful you know a picture came to my spirit faintly i don't know and i saw how that somebody had been demanding for something okay i know where that um, event occurred and you see the other person hand over what this person has been expecting so when he got it he said look at what you gave me and this thing is too small and the next thing he did was just to throw it away do you understand what i'm talking about so you can receive an help or receive an offer or receive um, a token or a material gift and it is far below what you need or it is far insufficient compared to what you need and let me tell you this you have got to know that every man is limited in some sort or in some sense everybody is broke depending on what you are confronted with and the project before you god knowing that you are limited says i will provide for him the exact thing he needs and i think that is comforting so if the exact thing i need is the healing for my mother he says i will give it now this is not going to be automatic you've got to demand for it Jesus said, whatever you ask me in the place of prayer, I believe that you receive and you will have them. So, one of the ways to having what you need is to ask. There are times God brings things into your life. Look at that, Matthew chapter 6. 
Christ said should do be worried with what you will eat, what you will wear, you know. Say life is more than food and the body is more than raiment. Your father knows that you need all these things. Say, therefore you seek the kingdom of God and it's right way of doing things, it's righteousness. And all other things you need will be added to you, fine and good. But in the kingdom, God admitted such that there is nothing you will receive except your acts. It's a principle. Glory be to God forevermore. And I've told you also that God would not give you what he knows will be useless. Everything he had given to you, he had given to you to add values to you. Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now, this very hour, I want to speak on understanding the designs of God. And you know, yesterday I mentioned to you one of the designs, um, which is that God in creation make everything He creates to function after a pattern. And of course, which we identified to be that all that God made, He made them after their kinds. Then from there, I came up with a principle telling you that nature is to function after the kind God have made it. Hallelujah. So consequently, when God is bringing people in your life, the people he brought or he brings into your life are an indication that is trying to yoke your life a particular way. Now you may note here, I have noted, that there is a reason why God surrounded you with people. He knows there are things you can do by yourself or for yourself. And you can't do these things not because you lack expertise or necessarily because you lack resources. Not at all. That's how God has designed life. He makes us to be dependent creatures, both on him and on fellow human beings at a particular time. That does not really mean that he does this so that we can be dependent on them or we can be enslaved by them. No, that's not the idea. He does this so that we can learn to depend on his own, that is, God's own ability and actually look up to him for everything we need, for every assistance. And he will give us those assistance through human agents, you know, through human being. However, that does not mean that we look up to man when we need to look up to him. Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. Now, the hills there is a metaphoric usage. And it means um, the which remains forever. Or the which is higher than I am. Hallelujah. So it is only in God your expectations can be met. It is only in God all you desire to have can be had without any unnecessary rays of BP or without being disturbed. Hallelujah. Okay, I, I will just show you some scriptures. Then, you know, after which... I will begin to glory be to God forevermore. Then I will begin to look at what I have titled God's method and goals. Hallelujah. Now, Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, 5 to 10. Relationship. The act of connectedness, connecting with others. If you cannot connect with others, if you cannot relate with others, you don't have a future. Because your future is in your relationship. Glory be to God forevermore. Your future is in your relationship. Alright. Jeremiah chapter 17. It's a very sensitive scripture. 
It was a prophet as such. Glory to God. Jeremiah chapter 17. I'm going to be speaking on God's goal and method. Why is God doing what he's doing? What does he seek to accomplish? You know, years ago I did a teaching along this line. I titled it God, God's Intention. And, uh, you know, you've got to know that God has goals, he has desires, he has plans, he's working towards something. Actually, his plan has come through because Jesus is the climax of God's plan. And yet, this dispensation we are in now is a dispensation. It is heading towards something. It is going to be judged. It's called the dispensation of grace. There was a time the dispensation of lawlessness when man is not kept, is not rude, is not tamed, is not destructed, and such times, I mean that generation, the scripture says that death reigned. So I can call it the dispensation of death. There was a dispensation of of Eden when Adam lived in the presence of God. And there were no contrary and subjugating elements because everything were in order and they, 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 they operate in the pattern designed originally. The when that phase slipped off because of sin, then we entered another phase that death governs man. And this period spans for thousands of years. Meanwhile, during that time when there was even um, the period of death reigning, you know, there were certain people who still had an, who still had encounters with God. One of them was Noah. One of them was Enoch. Enoch walked with God. It was not for God picked him. Okay, Noah to also walk with God. God told Noah, "Say only you have I found righteous in this generation. Then I would I would preserve you and your household." We saw people who still found grace. And now found grace in the eyes of God. That's not the fact that it was a generation where death reigned. And you know, I keep saying, what happened around you is not what matters. It is who you have allowed God to make you. And really, God is making you who He is. The more reason why it is very vital for a believer to see His Father. So, what are the goals of God? And what are his methods of making men? Now, let's just see this first. I think it is necessary to see it. Jeremiah 17 from, five, from verse 5 rather to 10. Thus said the Lord. You know, when I come to scriptures and, you know, I come on those parts that says, Thus said the Lord. I think we should approach those portions of the scriptures with all seriousness. Every scripture is equally important. But now, when we hear thus said to the Lord, we've got to ask, why is he saying it? What is he saying? What does he seek to accomplish? Thus said. This is what the Lord is saying. And whenever he talks, he talks for a reason. He talks to address an issue. He talks because he has a purpose. And each time he talks, sometimes, whatever he says, mark them, they will come through. Nothing can override his intentions. The more reason why you have got to know it is so that you won't stand the way. There are many people who have stood the way of God. And even consequently, things have not gone well with them as a result. Thus said the Lord, cursed be the man that trusted in man, and make it flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. Now check it now. There is a cause. Cause is a pronouncement that makes a person a failure. Is an is a disenablement that leads to failure, that leads to tragedy, that leads to disappointment, that leads to waste. Wasted effort. Now, what? Why is this man caused it? His sin solely is that he depends. He trusted in man more than God. And there are number of ways we do this. You know, this um, statement can be measured 
in different ways. One of the ways you you depend on people is that you don't seek God's counsel when you want to do something, or you don't pray, or that you know you so depend on what you expect from them, and there is no need for you to ask God for assistance. God said, "Any man that is like this has programmed himself to fail." Why? Because it makes man his arm, and because of that, his heart, whether he knows it or not, has departed from the Lord. Where is your heart? On men or on God? Very important. You should never come to the point in your life where you went after man first before you think of God. Never make God the last resort. Whatever comes your way, whatever happens, imbibe the habit of speaking with the Father, seeking His counsel, finding out His will for you before any other thing. Verse 6, For it shall be like the earth in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. Mark those words. They, it will not see. So when you put trust in man, it blindfolds you of what God is doing. You will not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the patched places in the wilderness. You know, that is that is provoking. Now, a, a, a patched place is a fruitless place, an empty place, a barren ground. There will be nothing in his life. You see, one of the ways to prosper is for you to have a vision and you trust God that all you need to give expression to that vision or that longing or that desire will come from God. Meanwhile, you still do your part as it requires of you to translate what was or what is an idea into reality. Okay? You like patched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man, rather. There's a contrast. Blessed. Now the word blessed means empowered, happy, strengthened, energized, engraced is the man. That trusted. Now the word trust means to rely on, to rest on. Actually, the word in the Greek actually means to, to lean upon. Is the word Botak. Botak. And Botak means to, to, to find a refuge, to find a place to hide, to trust, to be confident in, to be sure of, to be bold about, to be secured as a result of where you are staying and with whom you are staying. It means to put your hope, to put your confidence in. Actually, the word is shelter or refuge. Or an hideout, a place to hide your head. That's what that's what it means. To lean upon, to rest upon. Glory be to God. Bless the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For it shall be as a tree by the waters. And that spread it out our roots by the river, and shall not see when it cometh. Now mark the word it cometh. But a leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from eating fruit. Now, this is my life. Now, this man we we have drought around him. But he will not partake of it. Can you see that? That immunity. That um, there's this word I want to use. It's not coming up. So can, can you see that human? I mean, that that immunization. That immunization is immunized to drought, immunized to lack, immunized to insufficiency, immunized to the problems all around him. Although he lives in the middle of, of those problems, he's not affected. Why? Because he has his trust. Don't go that is, 
he knows where his needs come from and how they are met. He does not just come up with needs because everybody is coming up with needs. He does not think of building a house because everybody is building a house. He gets things part time because the Lord tells him, hey, this is what I'm bringing your way. I go to someone, I will bring Saul. I go to Elijah, I have prepared the widow of Zarephath to feed him. Now, let me say this. As a matter of fact, believers are to receive everything they need from the Lord. And we do that in the place of prayers. The Lord communicates his intentions for us part time as we come to pray. So if you are the type you still expect your pastor to pray for you, still expect you go to church with pictures, you know, and all of that. You are a big Christian. You've not grown. You are still under the elements of the world. You've got to grow. Hebrews chapter 5 is coming. He said, When you ought to be a teacher, you should not be taught the first principles of God. You should not be dull of hearing. Then he said, he said, he said, solid food belongs to those who by reason of use can exercise their mind. So God's intention for you is to come to the place where you can exercise your mind. And one of the places, the place of faith, the place of having a vision and trying to find expressions to it. You see, if you need to be stable in your life, if you need to come to the place where there is no fear, where fear cannot gain access to your to your heart, there are two places you have got to stand. One, you have got to come to the place of perpetual dependence of God, on God, and number two, you have come to the place where you know what to do at what time, and you are ready to put everything in debt to do it. Like I've been saying, success is not a consistence. Success is not um, a matter of luck or does not answer to luck. It answers to principles. And that is why life is governed by principles so that everybody will have no reason to envy his neighbor because the same law that produces wealth for him is available to you. All you need to come your way is opportunities. And expecting opportunity coming your way is not enough. You have got to prepare for it. Time and chance happening to all. The race is not to the sweet, not the battle to the strong. Can you imagine those those paradox of the scriptures? It's not how fast you are. It's not who went to school first, who had the child first. No, I was listening to him, sir. He was ministering to his congregation. He said, hey, um, those ones who have given birth to children before you or who had been married before you, you will meet them and overtake them. I wonder what kind of a prayer is that? God, the scripture said that it's not about who did it first. As a matter of fact, everybody had come to, to Jordan to be baptized before Christ came. And even when he came, John wanted to refuse him. So it's not who did it first. It's not who was the first graduate in your family, or who rode the first car, or who built the first house, or who first traveled abroad, or who first gave it to a, 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 a boy child or a girl child. What matters is positioning yourself before the father and knowing what is given to you part time that's the secret of, of prosperity we learned years ago and i think from mine's moral that success is doing what god had shown you in your script to be done and it's not comparing what others have done with what you have done for that's the beginning of failure that's the beginning of unnecessary agitation and fear and envy and hatred and unnecessary race it's not peeping and checking what others have done, what they've got in their house and you two running after it. No, it is, it is working in the frame and in the target of God's for you. There's a target of God for your life. Now, let's see verse 9. I, I told you, this is my, this is my life, the, the word of God is describing. And this is the reality he wants to give us. That my life will be so green, there is no tension. There is no fear. This is my life. Glory be to God. Now, verse 9. Why don't you need to? Why, why, why is it dangerous for you to put your trust in man? Because you'll be deceived. I know I've seen that. Not directly. I've not been a victim of this directly. But, you know, to some extent I have. But basically, I've seen people who have spent their life pursuing family, pursuing career, trying to please friends. And at the end of it, all their hopes were dashed. They were disappointed. They were left without an help. Stories abound. But of all I can narrate to you, this verse 9 do. 
or we do that now verse 9 the earth is deceitful above all things so why is god saying do not put your trust in man not because he's envious or he's trying to hold you ransom or he's trying to keep you dependent forever on him that is how he made it you can be dependent on him so that you will be dependent on him god made us dependent on our father and the spirit of independence is the spirit of rebellion And God said, look, the reason why I'm saying this is because the earth is the sitful above all things. Now, the word earth there is, um, 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 it is metaphoric. And also it is, um, it is a path for a whole. That is Sinadaki, a path for a whole. That is, the word earth there actually means mankind. The human race is telling you about the nature of man. Like, the nature of man. Now mankind is deceitful above all things. And you know, he said, and desperately wicked. Who can know the heart? I, the Lord, search the earth and I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his labors. Now what does that tell you? God says that, look, when you put your trust in me, I will help you to know who is genuine in your life and who is fake. And that reminds me when I was a little boy. I will never forget this experience. I was a little boy, you know, my parents, I don't know. We went to public school. I, I don't know, I don't, I couldn't really say where, I couldn't really say whether we were well off or otherwise. But I know I went to public school even at, 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 at a tender age. So that morning, usually mommy take me to school um, and my brother. And then, you know, my sisters too went to same primary school with us. But that um, in that particular school, there are three schools. We have Christ Center, we have Adeni Fuja, and we have Kosibete. To the best of my knowledge, I was just a little boy. That was my knowledge. So my brother and I attended Christ Center. Uniform is red, and you know, I've forgotten the color of the of the shirt. So that morning, mommy took us to school very early in the morning. So she dropped us, and you know, I went to my class. I sat down there. Usually, she bought junks uh, for for us. So I kept mine in the bag, and the money she gave me then. As I sat down there with a few classmates, I can't even have a picture of any one of them. I was very tender then. Then a little uh, young lady, so to say, but she she happens to be a senior student, okay, came to the class. Hey, the bell is jingled for the assembly. Why are you sit there? Go to the assembly ground. And then she 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 enforced us. She forced us out rather out of the class. So we went to the assembly ground. So we all left the class. Unfortunately, we got to the grand there was no assembly. I wondered what, what this lady said. Then I came back to the class. On getting into the class, she was not in again. Then I checked my bag. All I have got, my candies, my biscuit, my money, they are gone. And not only mine. I can't really see whether it is mine alone or others. But to the best of my knowledge, everybody is so. The seats. This it. God said, one of the things you stand to gain is that I help you to detect it. Glory be to God. Alright, let me show you another scripture. Psalm 18. Very important. We see this also. Psalm 18. Jesus, one eighteen rather not not eighteen. Rona shua de kialusu. Some one eighteen. From verse five to twenty. From verse five to to twenty. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a, in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what command do unto me. The Lord taketh my part with them that help me, because shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compass me about. Yeah, they compass me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They compass me about like this. They are coined as the fire of the of the taunt. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Thou hast trust so at me. 
that I meant for, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth vainly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth vainly. I shall not die and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has esteemed me so, but he has not given me over unto death. Hallelujah. Let's stop there. Now, the, the fact of this scripture is that you see the emphasis of this writer and then the repetition through the name of the Lord, through the name of the Lord. Through, uh, you know, the name of the Lord is used in the place of prayer. So this guy comes into absolute dependence. And he told us, say, look, it's better off to put trust in God than to put trust in princes. It's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. This is a first-class experience. And he said, look, I will give you my testimony. There have been periods in my life when there have been difficult, but through the name of the Lord. So this place is telling us what is obtainable when you trust. What is obtainable? Someone's on the one. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Hence come my help. My help comes from the Lord. The maker of heavens and the earth. He will not cause my foot to stumble. Because he that keeps Israel does not sleep, does slumber. Let's check Psalm 146. Say I will trust in the Lord. Say nothing will shake, will shake my heart. Say I will give all my attentions to the truth of God's word. In the name of Jesus. Psalm 146 from verse 3 to 5. Put not your trust in princes. These are instructive portions of the scriptures. Now in the son of man in whom there is no help. Check that. There is no help in man. Hey, my brother said he's going to help me. And you know, put all your trust and blah, blah, blah. And when that time comes, it tells you he does not have the money. There are people I have promised I really wanted to help. But when the time comes and they came, I had nothing there. But how... Would it have been better if then when I told them they still trust God? And as they trust God, God will ensure I have all things sufficiently. I like how Apostle Paul put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 or 9, 8. He said, God is able to make all grace abound unto you that you have everything sufficiently. And that's when you trust him. Look at the Macedonian church. Churches, not even a Christian. Churches in Macedonia, they were very poor, but they gave out of measure. Why? Is an epitome, a demonstration, or an evidence, or a proof of what will be the mark and the life of one who is dependent. So nothing can replace the place of dependence. Even if today you are you are you are the, you are the next big great. Put on your trust in princes, not in the son of man, in whom there is no help. That's what I want. To, I want to pick. His breath goeth forth; he returneth to his earth, and in that very day. His thoughts perish. Happy is he that as the Lord, as the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord is God, which made the heavens and the air, the sea, and all that therein is, which keep a truth forever. Now, that reminds me something, um, a story I had some years ago. I don't know how, how true, how that um, there was a man that met an abalist for some ritual, and you know, it needed this very urgently, very, very urgently. Then the abbalist told him the requirement he paid, and the abbalist told him to go do some things and all of that. And you know what he needed that ritual for is very was very urgent. So the Baba told him when to come. So he went home, did the preparations, and you know, was expecting Baba we help him. It was quite unfortunate that the day he came back to that man to complete the procedures or the processes of the ritual. The man had died. And he, and, and, and he really felt shattered. If you don't want to be shattered, if you don't want to be disappointed, God said, look, you've got to come to the place where your trust is placed in me. Hallelujah. Like I've told you uh, in some series of teachings I've done, the relationship matters. God will not come down from heaven to help you. He will send men into your life. But then you've got to know that. That is not to make you come to the place where you think you don't need God. You will need God till you die. And you will not stop needing God at any time. 
in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and in other parts of the scriptures, God keeps on telling the Israelites, say, look, blessing you, giving you ease, giving you peace, surrounding you with, you know, all your heart desire is not a problem for me. But it can be a trap for you such that you stop depending on me and you start depending on things. You start depending on system. You start depending on what you have. And that is going to ensnare you. So sometimes it's not God's inability to prosper people. It is God checking their heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I made you to go through hunger to see what is in your heart and to teach you that man do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. So in other words, God said, I'm bringing you off the many things I've done with you, of the dependency of my promises to you, of my faithfulness and commitment to your father, and that I'm always conscious to establish what I've told your father with you, yet I am always conscious of bringing you to the place where you know that you don't live by what you have alone, but by every instruction that I give you. In other words, by divine design, you are to live by the dictates of God's word. So you are not dependent. Glory be to God forevermore. Alright, uh, let me just land off so that we can We can close. Uh, let me share with you 21 lessons from the life of Daniel. There are other things the Lord we have been doing. Let me just share with you. One of the things you have got to understand is that your life is not a coincidence. God created time. And then time does not work against him. And if you think time is working against you, it can make time to work in your favor. So consult him for any deal you want to do. God is never on hurry. You enjoy him the more when you understand what he's doing in your life. And you can wait to receive all that he's doing in your life. Hallelujah. You don't... And you should not allow all the things in the world to make you to be afraid at any time. Your trust, your hope should be in God. Don't allow what you hear in the news. Okay? To create fear in you. Learn to depend. God is a strategist. He's a strategist. Nothing will take him unawares. There are things he has done for you at putting your credit. You have an account with him. He has credited your account. There's something you lack. And at that time, he said, Look, you said, thinking this way, there is nothing I lack. All you need is alignment. All you need is to position yourself before your father. And if you can do that, really, I tell you, you see, really, 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 that is nothing you need. Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Okay. Show you 21 things, 21 points or lessons from the life of Daniel. And you know, this is um, a part of what I should have shared with you when I was um, looking at um, the Daniel generation um, some months back. Number one, because I have got to run after the one of them here. Your circumstances, although may have a, a direct impact on you, but should not destroy your prospect for the future. Don't allow what you are facing at the moment to destroy your prospect for the future. You've got to understand that it is not what happened around you, but who you have chosen to be. You have got to understand that nothing is as important, nothing is as powerful as your determination, as your, I don't want to use the word mentality, I want to use the word as your mindset. I think that that is okay. 
as your mind tuned, as your perception, the way you see things, the way you see reality and you interpret reality. There is nothing as important as that. And if you begin to think this way, it will help you to see situation and you, you really say and think it the, the way the scripture says all things are for, uh, together for my good. Look at Joseph, for instance. Whereas right, we are trying to, to blame one another for their error in selling him to Egypt. He said, look, you made it for evil, but God planned it for good. That is the mentality. He would have also said, oh, because of that, let them be locked up and all of that. There is nothing that is important in your life as your mentality, your mindset. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 1, we saw out that a once king in Judah, Jehoiakim, became a slave to Nebuchadnezzar. The truth I want you to see there that life is not static. You won't always be at the end of affairs. The position will, always, will not always be yours. So what you have got to do is to learn to make the most of time, learn to use your office to better that people's life, learn to treat other people rightly. One of the scriptures I really wanted us to see is about Jesus' uh, parable of the um, unjust steward, whose master, I think that should be Luke chapter 16 or so, whose master was told how he was being wasteful. Then his master called him to account all the um, treasures in his hand. So what did he do? He went and bargained with all the masters and, you know, had considerations on others. And the scripture said that he did all of this thing so that when he loses job, since he can no longer work because of age or because of health issue, we don't know, either of the two, that they may receive him into his house. And Christ said, look, even the unjust servant is wise. And his master commended him because the sons of this generation are wise and are the source of light. Then he says that make for yourself. Now that is the moral of the of, of, of the story. Say make for yourself friends from this unrighteous man. In other words, you are to use your material gains, your positions, your opportunities, your life to create relationship, to create avenues to connect to others and to build other people's lives. That's very vital. That's the morals. Jesus not saying you should go and be unrighteous. You go and steal your boss's money and you should go and you know, deal wastefully or you 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 you, you um you squander his resources. That's not the, the morals. The morals is that look, wherever you find yourself, in whatever position raise people. Don't let your position get into your head so that you begin to to deal with people. In an unworldly way. You know, one of the parables of Jesus, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 25, Jesus Christ told of a, a man who gave all his treasures to his servant and put other servants under him. Then he says that that master that, that, does tra- that does treat other servants badly would be treated such. He said when his master comes in the time he does not expect, he said the way he treated others, he will be treated likewise. What is Christ saying? He's saying that relationship matters. Faith is not complete without talking about how we treat others. And I'm telling I'm telling you this, that is DKUCNA. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Apostle, verse 1, Apostle Paul said that we have written to you how you ought to walk. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he said, I beseech you, showing you how you ought to walk. So there is a pattern for living. There is a method of life we have got to live. There is a scheme. There is a, there is a, um, there's an expectation. Modus operandi, a system of coordination. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 2, we saw that things don't just happen. There are causes for every effect. Every outcome is a direct result of certain input or certain occurrence. And you have got to understand that not all the problems in your life that are directly responsible to your failures or to the devil's infiltrations or affliction some of them happens because of negligence some of them happen because of natural cause some of them happens because god wants to do something so do not just reach a conclusion because of the things around you 
you have got to be able to see through the eyes of the spirit to locate what is wrong now for instance look at in Luke chapter 1 the scripture gave us the picture of two couple perfect man Zechariah and Elizabeth they were stricken in it the Bible said they feared God and they were without blameless and the next verse told us but they were barren we can't fix why barrenness in their life they were barren but there was nothing wrong as their relationship with God. It was very cordial. It was very intimate. It was not even casual. Very cordial. It was very, you know, pleasing. You no, know? it's it is very open. They, 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 they are actually pleased God. They lived all their life for God. But there is something in their life that stayed for years. And they could not by any wise check out until God came in to take out of, take it out of their lives. That was barrenness. There are things in your life you can't control except God stepped in. The more reason why you have to trust Him. So don't say things are wrong because you did something bad years ago or because uh, somebody's enchanting you. No, not every problem that the devil is directly responsible for. There are some that you open doors to because of your ignorance, because of your negligence. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Bear in mind, sin is destructive. Sins bring pains. Sin um, bring loss, loss of life, loss of home, loss of finance, loss of relationship, and brings guilt and regret. But if you find yourself in any of these, it's God's way to deliver you. Hallelujah. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 3, you've got to know that there is nothing like luck. Life is in season and time. So you have to prepare ahead for your season. You have got to know that. You have got to learn to prepare for your future before it comes. Hallelujah. Life is in seasons. Glory be to God forevermore. Life is in seasons. You have to prepare ahead of your season. And when your preparation meets with the opportunity you have been looking for, you will have the success you have longed for. Daniel 1 verse 3. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3. Now let's just read from 1 to to eight so that you understand what the Lord is really showing us. Then we shall to one. Roshinda Kiasu to Allah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. The Lord is good forever. Then we shall to one. Hallelujah. Give you all the praise, Jesus. Father, I give all the praise. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Jerusalem and besieged it. Check the word besieged it. Your background should not put a limitation in your life. There was a besiege, a lockdown. You know, Daniel came from an horrible background there was evil think of any evil in your world today daniel lived in that world bribery corruption racial examination then political instability injustice you know rape immorality and all of that that boy rose out of such horrible conditions and he became a tool in the hand of god he reigned for 70 years and nothing affected him negatively of course Verse 2, and the Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, into his hands. Can you check that? God was the one who handed him over. With part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shina to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasures house of his God. And he spoke unto Aspanas, the master of the Junoks, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and, the, and of the king's seats and of the princes, children in whom there was no blemish, but, but were favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science, such as had ability in them to stand in, in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king 
appointed them a daily provisions of the king's meat and, and of the wine which he drank, so, so nourishing them three years at the end of thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And let's jump to verse 8. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the king of the eunuchs that he might not be defiled. Now verse 9. Now God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord. And the story goes, goes on. Let's just stop there. But the truth I want to show you is that life is a contest. And consequently, there are qualifications and requirements. Daniel was brought into the palace because he made the requirement a child without blame, a child well-cultured, a child well-disciplined. So for every offer or any placement or any opportunity that comes your way, there is always a requirement. So be disciplined, be stable, know what you want from life and be ready to give all that you have to appropriate it. Number seven, in Daniel chapter one, verse four, we saw that people that were also appointed were people who are good looking children in whom there was no blemish, but well favored and skilled. Now, the well favored there means that they, they, they are not looking malnourished. So you have got to learn to take care of your body. You need your body to live in this world. You need to be healthy. You need to be physically fit. It is wealth. You have got to learn to dress well. To appear well. Without your body, you can't live in the material world. So you have got to take care of your body. Daniel 1 verse 5. And from there, I want to tell you about controlled appetite. You have to learn to control your appetite. Daniel chapter 1 verse 5. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and wine, which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end of them, they might stand before the king. But that the king appointed them to Daniel does not make him to dogmatically or to, you know, thoughtlessly accept it. He knows what he wants. I'm not allowing anybody to give him what he does not want to consume. Some of you, what you want to hear, what you are saying, what you are doing, are the things you've seen others do. You gain your relevance, you gain your point of uh, reference, you know. You, you make others decide your life for you. Or you live your life because you see, you've seen what others are doing. You have got to learn to control your appetite. Whether it is wild or is, is, is untamed, don't be a gluten. Don't eat for pleasure. Eating for pleasure means eating for eating your future. So don't eat your future. Not all things are meant for your consumption. And you have got to also know the fact that you are not living to eat. You only eat to live and to continue your purpose in life. Life is not for the purpose of food. Yet we have to eat so that we can survive or sustain. In that same Daniel chapter 1 verse 5, we saw the place of talent. And really talent is good, but you must also get training. Education and God's favor are qualifications you need to serve in the king's court. You need to go to school. So there's a place of training, going to school. Okay, let's move very quickly. Number 10, there is a tendency for disqualification in the context of life. Now, when you look at that scripture in Daniel, we saw that the appointment was in three dimensions. People from the noble house, people from Israel, and people from Judah. Three basic houses. But it was as we read later on, that of all of this, there were about 5,000 people that came out of, that Nebuchadnezzar brought from Judah to, to, 
to Babylon. And of all of these people, only four of them stood without blame. In fact, at the end of 70 years, when they returned to their homeland, some of them have lost identities. So do not lose your identity. Don't let anything to disqualify you. From the three group of people that we saw, only Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego could stand in the court king. And only Daniel could stay for 70 years of the four of them. So the scope and the qualification we keep going more strict. But as you remain disciplined, you remain qualified. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, this point came to light that there are many sides of you. You can always reject a part of you so that the other part can gain predominance. I mean, can gain domination. Also, you can also trim or cut off the odd part of you. You can change the part, the, the odd part of your life, the odd things about your life. You can change your name, you can you can, you can maintain your integrity, you can be focused. You can be more disciplined. There are many sides of you. So bring out the good side and let people see the good side. Number 12. Great men have great and unique habits. They have unique policies, principles. They have decisions they have made. Great men are products of their decisions, their, their values, their principles. So where life and success and living is concerned, if you don't have principles, if you don't have values you, you are committed to, you won't be great. So if you don't stand for anything, you will fall for everything. So don't allow life to twist you any, anyhow. Come up with principles that will not bend you, that will, you, that, that will stand by. Come with me. Number 13. Always learn to leverage on God's favor. 14. Relationship is life. Relationship is a gift. Relationship is blessing. It's a major doorway of blessing, a major doorway of change of status, a major doorway of promotion, a major doorway of breakthrough. So value it. Relate with people. Connect with people. Like-minded people. Like men of like passion. Number 15. Learn to bargain and dialogue. And that is seen in Daniel chapter 1 from verse 11 to 16. Daniel told them, say, look, I can't eat this thing. Can you please give me? Learn to bargain. Let me eat of the vegetables. and um, Let me eat of, you know, the vegetable alone, not the king's meat, not the king's wine. Can I please take that away? So don't be, don't just let people speak things to you. Learn to think. Don't just receive anything anybody comes to tell you. Don't let people come and change your opinion and you don't have anything to say. Don't be outclassed. Don't be a one-way traffic. Be open to advice and innovation. Learn to blend with others. Don't compromise your standard. Don't shift the ground. And learn to think so that you can know what to do or what's expected of you. And the truth of the matter is that your environment has a way of rubbing off on you. But you can so coordinate your life such that you become a positive influence in the environment. Such that you don't allow other people's character to determine who you are. Rather, you determine who they are by your own decision and character. Number 16. Always embrace God's gifts to you and for you. And that gift to you and for you today is Christ the anointed. He's the one God has appointed to bring you favor, to bring you the blessing, to bring you to the presence of God, and to even give you life eternal. 
Hallelujah. So Christ is God's only offer, is God's greatest offer that will make a major mark in your life and in your future. So if you want a meaningful, a purposeful, a resourceful, and a successful life, then you have got to develop a relationship with Christ. And this Christ is inexhaustible. And you have got to learn to always draw out from this inexhaustible treasure of God's provision and gift for you. For the gift of God is He that came from heaven. That was what Christ told that to man at the world. Number 19. You are in a training. Life itself is a training. Your experiences, your challenges are all part of your trainings. So you have got to learn to invest your time to study, be sensitive, learn to be observant. Invest your time to study. Put your energy, put your effort, give commitment to everything that will make you exhale and to stand out. And that reminds me, I want to speak on observation. Don't just look, see. And when you see a problem, you know that every problem is a blessing disguise. You can turn it around to your favor. All you need is just to be open-minded and to trust God for resources and wisdom. And that reminds me this uh, mythology, um, the Greek mythology. The lion, which happens to be the king of the jungle, invites Ted all the other animals in the jungle to visit him in his cave. Because there had been famine and people have been struggling to eat. So he asks them, come and see him in the cave. So when the information went out, well, the king invited us to come. So everybody traveled, bam, 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 into his cave. And unfortunately, and as providence we have it, when they got to the front of his cave, it seems that everybody left their houses at the same time. So there was this massive people coming to the cave of Mr. Lion to see him because he invited them to come. And one after the other, they kept on going to the cave. And as they were coming, they were not coming back. And the others who were around, they did not even actually think that if people are going to this cave and they are not coming back, it meant something. They kept on going. And when Tortoise came, he saw people trooping in his state out. And the whole animal, animals in the kingdom went into the cave and Tortoise stayed. Then after a while, he screamed from the entrance and said, Hello, my king. Long life and prosperity. Say, my friend, Tortoise. You are also around say yes, I'm around. Say yes. Come inside and see you say no. I've just only come to tell you that I came also, but I will not come in. That's observation. Don't just see look. Be sensitive. And that is why you've got to learn to talk less. Think more. See things. Number 20, because of that. God is excellent, so you must in all your endeavors. All that God has done is perfect and good. Every good gift and perfect come from God. In whom there's no variableness, no shadow of turning. In Genesis chapter 1, we kept reading the, 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 the repetition. And God saw that it was good. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now perfect means to be whole, to be complete, to do all your part. So be like your Father. And number 21, be consistent with whatever you are doing. Consistency is power. Consistency sustains you. The Chinese proverb says that consistency can break a rock. So that's what I have for you. And all of this, like I've started, learn to trust the Father. Learn to trust His love. Learn to trust his plan. Learn the act of praying. And not just praying. Learn how to pray. Learn to, to um, have a time apart to pray. As Christ you do, we go apart to pray. Learn to respect opinion, the opinions of others. Learn to respect others, treat people well. Learn to study the scriptures. Learn to fellowship with the brethren. 
have your own company, people you go out with, build your own team. And be open-minded. Be generous. Learn to save for the time to come. Learn to invest. Don't live for the moment. Don't eat away your, 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 your future. You won't be here forever. Invest your time in what will outlast you. And as you do that, you will not regret it. Can you give thanks to the Father? Say, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the truth revealed. Each time you show us your mind is an expression of your love and we know that it is your love. It is the love of a man that makes him to show you what he likes. That shows, that makes him show you how to please him, how to work with him. So Father, for this love of yours, we say thank you. Can you bless the Father? Say, Father, thank you. Oh, we are grateful. Oh, we are grateful. Matthew Hadosha. Come on, bless him. His faithful, his great, his good. 